I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. For 20 years, Lisa Bentley competed as a professional triathlete with impressive results. She won 11 Ironman races, 11 half Ironman races, had several top five finishes at the Ironman World Championships, and represented Canada on multiple national teams and at the Pan American Games. For a decade, Bentley ranked number five in the world. All of that is all the more impressive considering Bentley did so with cystic fibrosis, a rare genetic lung disease that results in chronic infections and limits lung capacity. We spoke to Bentley about life as a competitive athlete with cystic fibrosis, how she managed her disease with her physically demanding pursuits, and her life now as a patient advocate. Lisa, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. We're going to talk about your career as a professional triathlete, which includes 11 Ironman victories, several top five finishes at the World Championships, and having represented Canada as a member of multiple national teams and at the Pan American Games. You were ranked in the top four in the world for a decade. All of that is particularly remarkable because you have cystic fibrosis. Perhaps you can begin by explaining what cystic fibrosis is, how common it is, what it's progression is and, and how it's treated? Well, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease. It's passed on uh, from within families, and it's a mutation in the genes, which, which causes uh, health concerns mainly in the lungs, but also in the pancreas. So it causes an abnormal production of mucus in the lungs, uh, which grows and becomes a breeding ground for bacteria. Uh, and as a breeding ground for bacteria, it means that people with CF tend to get a lot of bacterial infections in their lungs, which they can't clear because of this really thick, sticky mucus. And then the disease also makes you prone to certain bacterial infections and the growth of certain bacteria, such as uh, Pseudomonas or Cepatia. And those in themselves are, are deadly. Uh, Pseudomonas is one bacteria that's very difficult to eradicate. So it would be the same as somebody, a normal person, getting the common cold, but it never, ever going away. And that's really what it would be like for someone with cystic fibrosis who has lungs, which are basically a breeding ground for bacteria to grow because of the thickness of the mucus, and then a breeding ground for some really nasty bacteria to grow, which are very difficult to eradicate, which require a long-term antibiotics. And even then, almost impossible to eradicate unless it's caught very quickly. So you have lungs that potentially can get quite diseased, can get quite damaged, and in the worst cases, leads to a, a diminished lung function. So we all have 100% functioning lungs. And if you have this heavy growth of mucus and then a heavy growth of bad bacteria, parts of your lung just don't work anymore. And so your lung function can drop from that 100% down to 90, down to 80, down to 70, et cetera, until eventually 
you go below 50%, which really means you're working on one lung. And ultimately, in the, in the worst cases, the lungs aren't working very well at all. And the patients with CF have to go on oxygen and possibly have lung transplant. And of course, in, in very sad cases, people with CF don't live. So it's, it's a, it sounds like a very dire uh, prognosis, but there's so much research that now there's some great antibiotics that the doctors can give people with CF so as to control the disease, to control those infections. They can catch them quickly. So they're not, the doctors aren't going to wait for a patient's lung function to drop from 100% to 50% before they start to do anything. As soon as a person with CF starts to feel unwell and there's diminished lung function, the doctors are right in there with antibiotics, um, breathing treatments, physiotherapy, uh, intravenous drugs, hospital stays, etc. So in one sense, it's a great disease to have because doctors can be quite proactive in keeping you healthy. It's not like having a heart attack where if you're walking down the street, you can't point to somebody and say, now that person's going to have a heart attack in a week's time so that you can be proactive about it. It's not, it's, with CF, you can be proactive. You can say those lungs are really decreasing in function. Let's nail it right now with some great antibiotics. Well, as, uh, as I understand it, you were diagnosed relatively late in life when you were in your 20s. When, when is cystic fibrosis generally diagnosed? Well, it can be diagnosed at birth if there's um, CF screening tools. So in some places, as soon as a baby's born, they screen it for cystic fibrosis. If it, if it tests positive, then immediately a protocol will begin so as to help that child uh, lead as normal life as possible. So in many cases with CF, there's also pancreatic insufficiency and if that's the case, parents sometimes don't notice that their child has CF or don't know if there's no screening. They might not know that their baby has CF until they realize that the child isn't gaining weight. And that's because of the pancreatic insufficiency, in which case the child has to take enzymes and has to um, take in extra calories, etc. Well, in, in your case, did the disease not manifest itself until you were older? Or had you lived with the disease all those years not knowing what was wrong? Exactly. Yes. I, I had it all that time without knowing. Um, I, my, my pancreas works perfectly fine. So I never had um, the issue with weight loss or not being able to absorb my calories. Um, but I was, as a child, I was pretty sick, but it was always flagged as, oh, she's an allergic child or she just gets sick a lot. But I can remember as a little girl that I would get sick at the start of the winter and I'd be sick all winter long and be on many, many doses of antibiotics. And then we'd go to Florida every winter and my, you know, hang out in the salt water for a while and come back healthy. And that really was how our winters went. But there are several years that I would be sick for several months, but nobody really ever thought about that. It could be something other than just, Hey, you've got, you know, a sick kid that catches every germ that's floating around. Well, how did you become Involved in triathlons, what led you to pursue such a athletically intensive career given the nature of your illness? Well, I was a runner in high school for fun. And then when I went to university, I went away from home, so I continued to run. Uh, and then I met some people that were triathletes, so I took up triathlon. And that was right around the time that I was diagnosed. And I was uh, I, away at university, so 
felt indestructible. I'm like, okay, great, got cystic fibrosis, whatever. And I just kept on my merry way being a triathlete. And it was a social outlet for me. And, you know, I never really thought about it as something that was going to hold me back because I was so healthy. And once I was diagnosed, the great thing was, was that I got, uh, as soon as I was sick, I would go on antibiotics right away, which meant that I could get rid of infections a bit more quicker than I had when I was a child. So, you know, I certainly was sick while I was racing and training, but um, I really just thought, hey, that's that's who I am and I'll just keep on going and <laughs> away I went and ended up racing and loving it and uh, and then thought, well, you know, I want to do this as a full-time career. Well, as you talk about the, the diminished lung capacity and the periodic lung infections, it's it's not quite the foundation for world-class athletic competition. How did your disease align with your training? I would say that ultimately it gave me a reason to do what I did. I, I think everyone's always finding that reason to do something or what what's what's my mission statement going to be? You know, why am I alive? Why am I on this earth? That kind of thing. And when I was racing and, you know, in the early goings, of course, when I was in my 20s and racing and getting infections, it was, I didn't really see the the gift of it all. I was racing the Pan American Games and I remember I was, uh, had qualified and I was trying to run around the track to get prepared and I was coughing and so sick and on tons of antibiotics and I just saw it as, oh my, you know, this is the worst thing ever. And but I did, never thought there was anything I could do about it. I just did my antibiotics and tried to be the best I could be at racing. And, you know, I guess in a sense, it made me a bit tough and it made me stubborn. It made me realize that I could do anything I put my mind to in spite of. Uh, and then as time went on and I had started to win a few races, I realized that uh, I could use my racing as a platform in a sense, to help people that had CF or parents, really, of kids with CF to realize that anything was possible and that CF was not a death sentence and that exercise actually was good for you. Uh, Not only would it keep the lungs working strongly and moving and actually moving that mucus out so that it doesn't gather up and collect up and become that breeding ground for bacteria, but also in just the development of self-esteem and confidence. Um, you know, it's not nice to walk around with a, um, a chronic disease. It can consume you. But for those moments where you're able to exercise, or in my case, swim, bike, run, and race, I certainly didn't feel like a person with CF. I felt like someone who had risen above it. So I saw, eventually was able to see my disease as being really a gift. And when I'd go into a race and whether I was at 100% capacity or 85% capacity, I just would go in and realize that, you know, I am who I am and I have to do the best I can with my deck of cards. And if my deck of cards today is healthy, well, then I'm going to be the best person I can be that's healthy. And if my deck of cards is 85% healthy, then I'll use my mental strength and my will and my desire to elevate myself to 100%. So it really became a springboard for me in my sport. Did, did you train any differently as someone with CF than an athlete without? I, I probably had a harder time training because I was sick often. And 
would, I remember runs where I would cough every 30 seconds and I kept on running anyway. I mean, I guess that's a bit of stupidity in a sense as well. Uh, but, uh, I just really had to push through a lot more. I probably had to miss a little bit, uh, when I was, you know, quite sick. Um, I think the biggest difficulty was heading to, you know, key races and maybe being sick and, uh, and not, you know, of course, couldn't perform at my very, very best or the way I had wished I could. And, um, you know, just knowing, but, but accepting who I was, of course, but um, I, I never thought my training was affected in any negative way. I just would realize that, you know, whatever I was going to lose health-wise, I was going to have to make up with, you know, mental strength and, uh, and just love of my sport. Had doctors ever tried to discourage you from pursuing such an intense athletic career? They never, ever have discouraged it. And we were kind of in agreement in that my lungs will hold me back more than I will hold myself back. And, I mean, that was evident this year. I, I was on antibiotics from April until August this year. I couldn't get rid of an infection. And the biggest reflection of that was when I was racing. And I would jump into these running races, and I'd be so far off my best times. My effort was still there. If you had told me, guess your finishing time, I would have told you that I had an amazing race and, and had a great time. But then I'd see my time, and I'd see that it wasn't as good. And so my body was holding me back. My, if my lungs can't, aren't at full capacity, then they can't deliver fully oxygenated blood to my muscles and if your muscles can't get fully oxygenated blood they can't work as well it's just that's just reality and so you know I I always believed that I wasn't going to push so hard that I'd hurt myself because I just couldn't my lungs if my lungs weren't working it was absolutely relevant in my result in my overall time Uh, and so the doctors would just say you know you just do the you do what you can you won't be able to dig yourself into a hole because you just won't be able to go that fast. <laughs> so they were quite happy for me to keep swimming, biking, and running because ultimately it was going to keep my lungs, you know, clear my lungs up. And by virtue of uh, my lung capacity, I wasn't going to be able to dig too hard that I would set myself back. What did competing teach you about living with a chronic rare disease? Yeah, I mean, it... Uh, it, it it taught me that for those those hours where I would be exercising, I would actually be feeling normal. Uh, it taught me that people who have some sort of chronic illness need that some sort of an outlet where they feel like everybody else. And it's it's so easy to sit on the couch and it's so easy to lead a sedentary lifestyle especially when you have every reason to. I mean, goodness me, if you're diagnosed with something terrible, the first thing people want to do is feed you and make you rest. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, sitting on the couch isn't how you make memories, and that's not how you feel good about yourself. And uh, when I was on intravenous medicine about five years ago, I was on IV for about five weeks, and the nurse would come to my house to check my pick line and sometimes she'd come and she'd find me riding my bike and she would just be thinking what and I said well I'm not I can't ride very hard because I can't breathe very well but for the hour that I'm sitting here on my bike I feel I feel amazing I feel healthy and 
that hour is like my little escape from my disease. So I think it's important that everybody finds that little escape, whatever it happens to be for them, where they feel, they just feel normal. As a patient advocate, what do you hope to convey to others with cystic fibrosis? I, I want people to realize that it is, it's a hopeful disease. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that's happening right now. Uh, people, the research is amazing. Research is for every disease. You know, really, they're finding they're finding success all around the world, helping lots of different diseases. But in particular for CF, they're always finding ways to improve the quality of life. They may never have a cure for cystic fibrosis, but the the median age of survival is increasing all the time. It, it used to be 20 years of age, and I'm 46, so I'm already that proof that there is no carbon copy um, for everybody. And living life to the fullest is really what everyone's mandate has to be, to live full, to, to ride the road you're on, and to be the best you can be with, with everything that you have. And, and find, that, find that reason to be, whatever it happens to be. Uh, so I think CF is, is really quite hopeful. There's more and more people that are exercising with CF, I'm actually just started to coach a woman who has cystic fibrosis, and she said she wants to do her first half Ironman, and could I help her? And, uh, and you know, she'll send me feedback. I can't breathe when I do this. Is that normal? You know, and, and those are questions I can answer. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's remarkable. It used to be that there are very few people that did sport and had CF, and now I see it all the time. And... You know, just doing, if it, maybe you can't run, but if you can walk, that's great. And um, maybe you can't go swimming, but if you can just kick with a kickboard, fantastic. So just move. And uh, I think that's, that's one of the biggest messages. Lisa Bentley, 11-time Ironman champion and cystic fibrosis patient advocate. Lisa, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The BioReport, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.